Hi, I'm Cynthia Kahn, founder of Amuse Now, and I'm here today with indie recording artist Sorantos. Hey, Sorantos. Hey, Cynthia. How are you tonight? I'm doing terrific. How about you? I'm doing well. Welcome back. When you were here on Amuse Now last year, we talked about your strategy to release a song and a video a month for 2014, and I see in 2015 you're doing it again. Um, why do you think these monthly releases are so successful? I think the fans like having someone interact with them all the time, you know, as opposed to having a CD out every three years. You don't really hear about the artist, nothing other than, you know, buy my CD, buy my tickets. Uh, I think interacting with them every week and doing a new song every month really resonates with them. This way they can download the music for free, they can watch the music video. It's, it's additional new content. It's not the same stuff you're rehashing over and over. And I think just by being myself on social media, it's starting to resonate with them. A song and video a month is a lot of work, though. Tell <laughs> me, why both? The, the video definitely is more challenging, especially when you're an indie artist and you're on a limited budget. So that definitely is something that's harder to do. But I really feel like video helps portray the song in a great way. I try to have a good story with each video. So to me, when I think of the music and the things that I like to listen to, putting a video to it, I think, takes it to the next level. So when you think of the 80s and video first came out, Michael Jackson, Duran Duran, they made some classic videos. And to me, I want to give that same taste to the fans. I don't want them to just have this new song. I want them to also anticipate and wait for the video to see what, you know, what different thing am I doing this month. So that's... It's a lot of work, but it really is very enjoyable. I know I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorantos, you released your first single this year, We Accept the Love We Think We Deserve to Rave Reviews. Congratulations, by the way. <laughs> yeah. What was your social media and promotion strategy for this song that made it take off right after the first of the year. My, my strategy is always the same, believe it or not. I don't really have a big marketing budget, so all I try to do is I have an email list that I've been building over the last year or so and a social media presence. And all I try to do is I try to release the song, try to release the video and build a little buzz and theme to it. So we accept the love we think we deserve. It actually, within a month it, that it's been out, it has skyrocketed. I think it has about 240,000 YouTube views. So it has become my most viewed video. And it, it definitely is funny, so it's a bit on the funny side, which I think the fans kind of appreciate. You know, one or two a year are kind of funny. And I think that really has probably made a difference for that song. And in terms of the emotional theme, you know, I think whether it's emotional abuse from a spouse, a child, a significant other, I think that, you know, there's plenty of that going on in the world, unfortunately. And I think a lot of people at one point or another have had issues in a relationship or you know so I think they relate to it. It is quite a moving song I will agree. <laughs> you recently released A Child's Mind. It's also very successful. Why don't you give us the backstory about that song? So my friends and family like to tease me and say that I have the mind of a child and I'm kind of a little not immature but 
I have that childhood naivety. You know, I still read comic books, and I still am brutally honest with people. There's no hidden agenda. It's not like people don't know where I'm coming from. They know how I feel about them, and I'm very upfront and honest. So to me, I wrote a song because I think there's a part of us as, a, as children that unfortunately society gets rid of. And whether that's the school influence, whether that's just, you know, the big corporations, jobs, you know, go get a job. I think we all kind of give that up a little bit and we shouldn't. I think we should hold on to that innocence, that carefree attitude we had as kids. And we should try to hold on to that little part of our child's mind that helps us be creative. So that was kind of the initial intent to the song. You know, I missed being a child. I missed feeling a bit wild. And the video, when I tried to think of ideas for the video, I tried to think, you know, what is something that's a common theme? And the one thing that I thought of, my parents are immigrants. They came from Greece to this country. And I looked at it as the 50s, the 70s. A lot of people came over from Europe, even nowadays from Asia, from Mexico. So I made a music video that had that theme about the immigrant mom with her son. And, you know, they, they struggled, but eventually he came to America, the land of opportunity, which I think it still is. And he made it. You know, he became a doctor, he became successful, and he kind of keeps thinking back to his childhood and the friends he left behind and the fun he had. And that's kind of what I wanted to do. That was the story I thought would really hit home with people. Wow, it's always interesting to hear what people are thinking about when they write a song or decide what the ideas for a video are because you don't always know just from listening to the beautiful music. <laughs> yeah, and there's always... You know, we always try to leave it a little open-ended where you can interpret it two, three ways. But, you know, at the end of the day, there is, you know, one true meaning to it. And, again, it's always open to interpretation. I just want to remind fans who may not know your website very well that you do list all of the songs that are coming up for release on your website. So I know, and I'm anticipating the song, what if I never see you again? Can you give us a little sneak peek about what that song is about? Absolutely. So for those fans that have followed me for the last year or so, they know that the initial inspiration to me starting my musical career was my father passed away a couple years ago. And I think grieving is a very personal thing. There's different stages of grief people talk about, but it was a very, very difficult time in my life. And I wrote this song. You know, what? late one night when I was, I think he was gone almost two years, and I just thought, you know, what if I never see him again? And I, it got me thinking about death. It got me thinking about, we all have loved ones that have passed away, whether they're parents, significant others, childhood friends. At some point, if you get old enough, you're going to experience the death of someone close to you. And it got me to thinking, am I going to see them again? You know, it gets into the whole issue of God. Is there a God? Is there not a God? Is there a heaven? And that's what the song's about. And the song is going to be, you know, that singer-songwriter genre. And I think it really hits home to my style vocally. And it's it's a lengthy song, so it's about seven minutes, but it's really touching, powerful. I think it the time flies by. There's there's some really good verses. There's a great chorus to it, and uh, it really takes you on an emotional roller coaster ride. And I think the fans will really love it, to be honest with you. Wow. I am looking forward to it now. <laughs> that build up, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I noticed on your website it says 
you should work for a cause and not applause. I never noticed that before. It tells me that you donate 33% of your proceeds to charity and you even allow your fans to suggest what charities you should donate to. Tell me more about this project because I think it's wonderful. What I initially wanted to do, you know, I, like anyone else in the music business, there's a party that wants to make it. And I don't mean that financially. I mean that I'd love to tour around the world. I'd love to have fans that actually support me where I can make this my primary living. But to me, it's always been about the music and then secondarily about charity. So what I decided to do is donate a third of the profits to every single song to a different charity. When I first started, I wanted to kind of donate everything, but then I different people that I talked to are like, you're crazy. You know, if, if you ever sign with a label, they're going to take 90%. It just won't work. So they kind of talked me down to 33%. And each song had a double meaning. So the first one I released, Not Where I Want to Be, to me, cancer is not where anyone wants to be. So I picked the American Cancer Society for that one. And I have listened to fans. So uh, A Child's Mind that just came out, the charity for that is Feed My Starving Children, which was suggested by some fans. And I actually ended up going out in the Chicago area. They have somewhere where you can pick and pack food for all these starving kids. And it's very humbling to see that what one hour's worth of your time can feed a kid for like nine months. It was kind of crazy to see that. And I love interacting with the fans. I love the suggestions they give me. We accept the love we think we deserve. Again, the National Coalition you know, Against Domestic Abuse. Um, so you know, they have great ideas. And I certainly don't think I have all the answers. Um, if you look at the quote for a child's mind, I put a little quote in front of every video and I rack my brain trying to think of a famous quote and it was suggested to me, there was a cool quote if you saw the video from, you know, Star Wars. So I put a uh -huh. quote in there. I've never put a fictional character quote. Usually it's like, you know, either Einstein or, or Gandhi or someone famous and I think the fans have great ideas and I love the fact they're going on this journey with me and they're suggesting things and I couldn't do it without them. And I want to keep growing. A year from now, I might be a completely different artist. And I, again, want to keep growing and doing what they want. They suggested a lyric video. So about halfway through the year last year, I started doing a lyric video each month, which I didn't do before. So I'm always open to ideas, and they have great ideas. I love how you're growing with your fans and building that relationship, which leads me to the question that I always ask, as you know, Amuse Now is about artists helping artists. You've given us some great advice. So you said every year you change. What is different that you advise that you learned last year that you'll do differently this year? You know, last year I kept trying to focus and think of it as you have a budget. It's limited. There's no sense complaining about it. Just try to figure out where to best allocate the resources, your time your money and I thought as the year progressed last year that I kind of figured out okay that's a waste of money let's not do that again this makes sense you know I can interact with the fans but I, I've continued to figure out what works and what doesn't work and what I shouldn't do anymore and that's probably been the biggest evolution is just I think as you kind of climb the ladder a little bit it's not leaps and bounds it's little steps the biggest thing I've learned is don't give up don't get discouraged no song trends you know, over like one day. Unless you're someone famous like Taylor Swift and you have a huge marketing budget, it just doesn't happen. You gotta keep grinding, you gotta keep going for it. And all these songs that people think miraculously became number one hits, usually you work on them one or two years. And 
the one disadvantage I've seen to myself and my approach is every month I have a new song. So I can't keep pushing the same songs that I released last year. It's almost like, okay, get to the next song, get to the next video. And I think that probably hurts me to an extent because if I, I put all my time and energy into promoting a child's mind for the next year, year and a half, I truly feel like it would be a lot more successful than kind of the way I'm doing it. But I think this is kind of a game changer with fans and just trying to give them something new every month. And at the end of the day, as long as I can get fans, you know, I just release the music and they can download it for free on my website. They can share it on Facebook, Twitter. I give them permission. So I'm not really doing it for the money and I'm just trying to take them along for the ride. Very interesting approach. I think somebody like me, I, I have those same questions because I interview so many artists and you want to give everybody a lot of exposure, but you can't. So I, I definitely understand where you're coming from and the types of decisions that you have to make. It's tough, but you just got to weigh the pros and cons and then just do it and not look back almost. Yeah, that's why I go with I'm going to interview as many artists as I can and give them all as much exposure as I can for the amount of time that I have. And I think it's working too. <laughs> What's up next for Sorrentos besides a new song? <laughs> Probably the thing that I really wanted to do, I had the opportunity to tour worldwide and I couldn't take it because I can't give up my day job for six months. So the one thing I kind of am trying to decide, again, the hardest thing for me is trying to get a band together that'll stay together because, again, I'm a solo artist. They're not vested in the music. So the biggest thing I want to do is, of course, I have no problem paying them to rehearse and to do gigs, but if you're trying to do free gigs for charity causes and, well, if it's going to cost you 1000 or $2,000 just to pay for the band and all the – you have to make a bare minimum to even be able to do it. So that's the biggest challenge for me is – trying to get enough traction where at least I can start doing more gigs. I did the Toronto Music Festival last year, and, you know, I have some stuff I've had to say no to, and I'm, I'm dying to perform more. I'm dying to do more gigs, get out there, get on stage, because every week I practice. Every week I have a little setup in my house, and I go through my whole set list, and I would love to perform, and that's probably the thing I want the most. But I have to be patient, and hopefully it'll come and happen soon. Well, Sorrentos, I had a fabulous time getting to know you today, and I can't wait to hear what's happened next, and I hope that you figure it out so that you can share it with everyone. <laughs> I will certainly try, and I want to thank you for your time and thank all your fans for tuning in, and I hope they enjoyed it. Good night. All right, good night. Hi, I'm Cynthia Kahn, founder of Amuse Now. This featured artist presentation has been brought to you by AmuseNow Entertainment, a website that enables artists to profit from their creativity. To learn more about AmuseNow, visit us at www.amusednow.com or email me at ccon at amusenow.com.